0: Tani Keshava Nimit Tani Jepper Shami Vipari Tani Keshava Nani
1: naja...
0: Neemitt... Sorry Go ahead Nimit Tani vi paritanike shwa nacha shreyo nupashyami nacha shreyo nupashyami nacha shreyo nupashyami Hathva Swajana Mahave. Hathva Swajana Mahave. Hathva Swajana Mahave. You just have to uh, pause a little more on the Sva. Hathva Virgin, a mahave. Hat Natcha Shreyo Nupashyami Hat was Mahave Mahabe Natcha Shreyo Nupashyami Hat was Mahave nakankshee vijayam krishna nakankshee vijayam krishna nakankshee vijayam krishna naja rajyam sukhaani Nature Jim Su Khan Eater Nature Nakan She Vita Krishna Nature Jim Su Nakaankhse Vijayam Krishna, Nakaarajyam Sukhanicah. Nakaankhse Vijayam Krishna, Nakaarajyam Sukhanicah. Kim no rajena Govinda, Kim no rajena Govinda, Kim no rajena Govinda. Kim Bho Gair Jeevi Tenava Kim Bho Gair Jeevi Tenava Kim Bho Gair Jeevi Tenava Kim Noor Ajayena Govind kim bhogair jeevite nava kim no govinda kim bhogair jeevite nava Kim no Rajen Govinda. Kim Dho Gair That's
1: all
0: for today. So, See you all and have a good session, all of
1: you. Thank you. Bye.
2: Thank you, Thank you Sure. Thank
1: you.
2: Uh, so, some of them are learning Sanskrit. So. <laughs> All right. I hope you are getting the hang of where uh, to stress on the syllables, right, In, in uh, when we're chanting. That's uh, that's something that, you know, the guru taught us and uh, it's really really important because that helps us <laughs> to take the breath at the right time when you're uh-huh. chanting. I mean
3: Rajesh just... I have a suggestion yeah tell me So is it possible if these are like three or four five pointers maybe Piti or you can put it together for us like for example, she was explaining that if there are two consonants then you just have to add them or uh, when the comes then you have to combine them. so if there are if it helps I mean if it is like a rule, uh, then
2: it might be helpful to just have. I, I, I posted it. something last week. Maybe you missed it. I'll repost it. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I'll look for it then. Okay.
4: Yeah. I also have a document that uh, talks about just for Gita specific. Um, so I will see if I can post that. That shows how the
2: uh, Sandhi works and uh, so on.
3: Yeah, that will be great, Sri. Right. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Okay. So um, before we start off today, you know, just want to uh, got some feedback from a couple of folks and. We will try our best to focus on the on the slokas that we are discussing in our discussion today, and uh, anything important and all you know we will uh, important but not relevant to this particular shlokas that we are discussing. We'll probably take it offline into the chat. I hope that should that should be okay with all of you guys. And uh, second thing is uh, you know I definitely want to start and end on time, so <laughs> help me you know if uh, if I'm going to be brutal when it comes to let's say 7:25 a.m. my time and then say I'm going to. You know, the conversation, however interesting it is, you know, it's not to, dis, you know, um, uh, it doesn't mean anything about the topic or the person who's saying. It's just that my attempt at being very, very uh, time focused. So please pardon me if I'm kind of, you know, interrupting you at that point. Of time. I will interrupt you at 725 to kind of conclude. Okay. So that's another thing that I want to make sure that, you know, I uh, tell about this. Okay. All right. So um, with that, you know, I just want to... Um, um, take just take maybe a couple of uh, uh, one two minutes to quickly summarize what we discussed in the last uh, GD right and uh, uh, I, I mean in the next uh, in the next GD one of you can summarize it uh, what we discussed for today. but last week when we started off we said, okay, let's try to read one one and one twenty nine and thirty and in the whole process we we probably would have read the entire one to thirty because, it is all a description about the external battlefield, and it starts off with uh, 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 Dhritarashtra's question, you know, perhaps uh, asking uh, Sanjaya on the tenth day after Bhishma has fallen, as to what exactly happened there. Can you tell me? And there he divides the world into two parts. You know, my children and the rest of the world, and that itself shows that you know the guy has been uh, uh, having a different kind of a mindset than what he should be having as a king. And then he goes off, and then the battlefield is described external world is described and suddenly there is a little bit of a uh, change in heart in the great warrior Arjuna and he says uh, you know I want to go and uh, see what's happening who is fighting whom and all that right and uh, then uh, what did we discuss then we discussed about a little bit about the timing of uh, uh, about uh, about the uh, strategy which Krishna adopts to go and place the chariot in front of uh, uh, Bhishma and Drona, and then what happens? Why did Arjuna chicken out at that point of time? And then Arjuna describes his condition specifically after looking at uh, these people, saying that you know my body quivers, there is horripilation, my Gandiva bow falls down, and all that conditions that he describes, and. Uh, it's a it's it's a, it's kind of you know a metamorphosis seems to be happening in Arjuna's mind at that point of time where the external event seems to have impacted him somehow, maybe in a very different way than it impacted everybody else. But since Arjuna is a protagonist here, we are trying to understand what happened in Arjuna's mind, and that's where we're going to continue with the next uh, couple of slokas today. I hope I summarized it reasonably well. All right. So with that, uh, you know, I want to. Uh, as usual anybody can uh, pick up the thread share your uh, thoughts about you know what struck you in the next couple of slogans that uh, that uh, you have read and then we can trigger off a discussion and while we do that let me just step around my another row anyone can start
1: I felt uh, at Arjuna at this point, even though he was like a, as he say, Vipatush, you know he was not able he kept the Gandhi worm down. I felt that he was a little impatient, um, and that maybe that impatience let him go say, "I'm not going to fight." Of course he was seeing all his uh, relatives and kids and kins in there. but sometimes, at that moment, probably... Um, he needed that patience to say, okay, I am seeing all that, but what is my duty? Um, I felt I learned that from, from this shloka.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, just to add to what Vidya said, uh, I mean, impatience is probably one. I think the other thing which struck me was that uh, he was attempting to self-justify. Uh you know, he had obviously the attachment to begin with. And uh, because of that attachment, he was then saying, okay, how do I kind of, so that kind of becomes his sort of preferred position, at least to begin with. And once that becomes a preferred position, like, like it happen- <clears throat> happens to all of us in, in, in our sort of uh, lives, you try and justify what whatever you sort of um, kind of are tending towards. And so all this that he's, I mean, at least in these two paragraphs and a couple of them uh, around it, I think the whole attempt is to kind of justify his his kind of position, which I think in another word would be what we call delusion.
2: Yeah, Chitra.
6: Okay. Um, what, what, What struck me was, I think... Uh, there is a sense of fear here, um, uh, Arjuna wants to win the war, uh, he wants the kingdom, um, he has desires, uh, he has uh, his own sense of ego that I will win this war, that's what he came in when he came to the middle of the battlefield. And uh, suddenly it stuck him that maybe he might not win this war. Maybe his desires might not um, uh, be fulfilled, and I think that's uh, that's what happens to a lot of us when uh, we hit a roadblock in our lives, is because we have a certain endpoint that we see or we see ourselves becoming or getting something, and when uh, there is um, a mismatch between uh, reality and our uh, our. Uh, our desire, um, I think that's when we, um, there's a break in between our, I think what Chimyananda says, subjective mind and objective mind, uh, which I think uh, Alpana put it as a nice picture. I still remember there's one, some kind of a mirror, I don't know, some kind of a veil. uh, and There is the uh, subjective mind on this side and the objective mind on this side, the objective mind, which is going to take the action is now without, um, is uh, embroiled in all these emotions and this worry. And because of that, then we start uh, backtracking and self-justifying all our actions. Um, This was, uh, and I I think it happens to us a lot. And I think the biggest cause is uh, our desire for a certain result, uh, which we think is the right result for us.
2: And, and perhaps even a Sargrip syndrome also, I guess.
3: Ah,
6: I, I wrote that in my notes, yes.
7: <laughs> and there is a slightly different flavor in 32. Uh, actually, uh, 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 the, the, the flip side of what just uh, said, right? And the minute he hit a roadblock, he's willing to devise his desire. And he says you know, uh, that that's about maybe another way of looking at it. Do we continue with it? Do we you know, really pursue ourselves uh, and, and you know, prevail there or change it immediately? The goalpost seems to have changed. Do I need this victory is what he's saying. Um, so one is, yes, there is a desire that is being seen as an end state. And so the fear creeps in when you, when you think that you may not really get that desire. The other way of looking at it is the first uh, first time you hit a problem statement, we are willing to change the desire. Oh, that, that's what uh, no, Arjuna seems to
2: Yeah. Rajiv, you raised your hand. You have to unmute yourself, Rajiv.
4: Okay. So, but... I always had believed that Arjun Vishad Yoga, which is this chapter's you know title in Hindi, is that Vishad is the starting point for any spiritual evolution. And uh, when I say Vishad, it of course the closest translation as in this Gita is grief, but it's actually much more than grief. It's like you know self doubt, you know existential crisis. Why the hell am I here? What am I up to in life, etc. And it's always believed to be, you know, I mean, till, till I read uh, Swami Chinmananda's uh, commentary on these three, four uh, shlokas, I thought it was a positive thing. But, you know, he calls it neurosis. He calls it Arjuna disease, which, you know, Krishna can cure. You know, he calls it fear psychosis and uh, sort of, uh, you know, it was quite a surprise for me because I never have seen you know, this state of mind of Arjun to be, you know, any kind of a weakness or a mental condition. And, uh, you know, several things which we can see, you know, of course. Uh, uh, and then one is that, you know, it's a neurotic condition. And then he also says that sometimes we like to, you know, pass on our arrogance as humility. You build temples in your name and then you say, hey, this is charity. So vanity you passed on as uh, charity, etc. So, this was, you know, quite a, I would say, a shock for me because I always thought that this state of mind is what actually led to, uh, you know, such a huge dialogue and Krishna struggled, you know, through so many chapters to finally, you know, convince him and say, yeah, boss, i I'll give you a and then some <laughs> So, I'm saying that I thought this was positive and Swami Chinva gave it a negative flip. So, this is my comment and you know, I really am not able to reconcile in my head this particular thing. That's it.
8: Um, so, um, interesting.
9: I was reading a commentary on the Gita by uh, Devdutt Patnayak, and I'm just going to read uh, a short paragraph from what he says about this particular situation. And he says that, um, here we are witnessing the very reverse of the psychological blindness displayed by Dhritarashtra and Duryodhana. Arjun's vision is expanding. Focus is giving way to perspective, attention, uh, dhyana, and uh, to awareness, dharana, as his gaze finally rejects the boundary, separating the self from the other and action from responsibility. So uh, here, like Rajiv, you're saying, you know, he, is, uh, Swami mm. and portrays it as a negative, but here again, we are seeing that it's being portrayed as a positive, you know, yes. where we're seeing yep. how Arjun uh, is, they say, you know, he's saying Arjun's actually focusing, his perspective is expanding, he's um, not making that difference between himself and Uh, the other side, whereas Dhritarashtra, you know, clearly made that distinction right from the beginning.
2: You
10: Yeah, I mean, uh, to respond to Rajiv's comment, um, maybe at that time, right, when it is actually happening, at that time, you have obviously lost, um, you're deluded, and at that time, it's bad. Um, I mean, but when you look at it in the longer perspective, because of this, you know what ends up happening. Uh, you know, as you pointed out, it has to start somewhere. The spiritual journey starts somewhere, and something like this typically is, is um, a reason for many. So maybe at that time it's bad because you're not able to make uh, make the right decision. Um, but in the longer run, this whole thing leads to a better outcome. So in that sense, um, that's how I looked at it, right? I mean, uh, so I don't know if I would consider it as good or bad, but it is what it is, right?
6: So a cause for an effect.
10: Yeah, I mean, obviously at that time, uh, the situation that Arjun is in is is not good, right? He is supposed to be the leader, and but he has crumbled uh, his... Um, he is not able to think straight. Obviously, that's bad, right? Um, and and hence that mental condition being called as Arjuna disease and so on. Yeah. Um, but this is the uh, cause for his uh, transformation and asking for help. But you know, it's also his awareness, though later on. But that will come later.
6: So, in a sense, if you are not even aware of your disease, then you are not even going to ask for help. So. Something to that extent.
5: Exactly. In fact, uh, sorry, if I can add, uh, listening to Swami Paramatmananda Ji, he calls this whole cycle of uh, of uh, moha, shoka, and uh, and uh, sorry, raga, shoka, and moha, uh, which is attachment leading to delusion, as a disease which inflicts all of us. Right. So he looks at it more in the context of. Of knowledge about who am I, etc., and kind of say we kind of get caught, caught caught in this disease of samsara. So he calls this cycle, this this three way cycle, as a as a as a disease of samsara, which is kind of something that we all have to deal with. And uh, so, in that sense, it's it's a uh, you can call it a disease, but in a way, that's reality. And I think the attempt that's being made by Krishna is to here, I think, is to listen uh, listen Arjuna out, and for him to kind of sort this, start to sort this out in his head as somebody called it perspective or get perspective. And, and that's kind of a starting point to getting to the right point. Uh, so I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a first step in the journey towards, uh, towards knowledge in some sense. So it's, it's a disease, but it, in a way sort of it's, a, it's, it's how samsara really is.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, um, Rajiv, you point out a very interesting thing, and I think I, I liked what everybody said. The way that I see it is, um, see, it doesn't matter what decision we end up making, right? In our life, at the end of the day, small or big decision. I have a feeling we, it's the decisions, most of the decisions what we take are always emotional decisions, right? And. Uh, we uh, we take an emotional decision then we find logic to justify the particular decision you know think about the big decisions you know getting married having children or you know moving from one place to another place how much of it is actually you know an excel sheet that you have put in and said okay these are the benefits and not it's all emotional decision and later on we justify it right with logic logic decision so what happens is like the the yeah, the subjective mind that uh, swami chinmayananda talks about in the in the introduction chapter I'm hoping that all of us have read that particular introduction chapter. That's much, much more powerful. And then the reason why Swami Chinmayananda actually brutally says that it's a disease is that we analyze only at a very surface level, again, using the logic. Okay. We don't analyze our own situation using the emotions that we are using to take that decision. Because we, we seem to be justifying our decision with logic. So the same thing Arjuna is doing here now. He wants to get out of the war because, you know, his biggest fear is could be, you know, he's going to lose the war, or his biggest fear could be he's going to lose the people that he loves and all that. That's an emotional decision for him. Now he's justifying, you know, killing so many people is not good, da 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 All those things he'll go on. So the point is, you know, the, the key takeaway that I had for for um, for me in this situation was what am I doing in my life? Am I taking emotional decisions most of the time and then justifying it rationally? Or it is really a rational decision that doesn't need any justification. It could be a wrong decision or right decision from whichever point of view that one looks at it. But if it is a rational decision, it doesn't need justification.
4: Yeah, you know, only one thing Rajesh but, uh, you know on page 31, when he says that evidently this is not an honest emotion. Had it been honest, had his pity and compassion been Buddha-like, natural and instinctive, he would have even long before the war behaved quite differently. So I fully agree what you're saying that we are in this emotional turmoil. And, you know, I mean, before I read this commentary, I used to think it is his attachment to his uncle's, grandfather's, cousins, you know, and then later on, Gita says, you know, Anasakti Yoga is, you know, detachment. So I, so my only thing is, sorry, I'm just repeating myself that, you know, I thought it's okay to feel attached, to feel emotional, but you know, Swami and they're saying, "Boss, this is not even a true emotion." You know, for example, what examples you gave about marriage, job, this, that. At least there is no doubt about uh, the truth of the emotion. Here is even doubting the truth of the emotion. So <laughs> that's that's the you know thing.
9: But um, so I was I was thinking that doesn't it also uh, go to show? Uh, compassion for the other people like so I'm I make a decision and I stick with it because you know I'm making a rational decision but I I think it's important to also at least reflect on uh, the impact on other people based you know that my actions might have and I think that's what I'm seeing here with Arjun that he is showing a level of compassion that uh, I don't see on the other side. The other side is all about you know we got to win this, and while Arjun also wants to win the war, uh, he is sort of getting sidetracked because of his compassion for the other folks and and what he his actions might cause to them.
2: And I
1: feel that uh, you know he he completely surrenders in the sense he says to Krishna that. He, I'm basically forgetting myself. That's a very powerful word. When he says that he has all these emotions, he doesn't want to fight, but he is really telling that I'm forgetting myself. And that's very powerful from the point of view that, uh, you know, Swami Mananda said that this is a disease. So he's basically kind of knowing that it's a disease. And he is saying that I don't know myself. Uh, so. So I thought that was, uh, you know, that will support what you are saying, Ajay. Like that'll, that'll answer your questions of what you're saying in a deeper sense. I don't know how to express more, yeah. but.
10: <laughs> yeah. So no, Alpana, go ahead,
1: yeah. I just wanted to add, uh, Rajiv, to the example you took or the Rajesh you said about the marriage. Most brides and grooms, they get cold feet just at the time of wedding. It's a, it's, a, it's a well-documented fact. <laughs> a lot of people want to run away from the, from the pandal and that. So it does happen even in the case of marriage. Um, yeah, that was on the joke side. I think on the other side, I was trying, uh, when I was uh, looking at it, um, when the intention is not right, your conscience does break. So at that time, when Arjun is going through this, the intention with which he got into the war was to, you know, for getting the uh, the the kingdom and taking the revenge. So those intentions were not right, and hence his conscience was pricking him. And he he was that's why trying to justify. So 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 I do feel that you know one can go through those emotions even from you know your conscience speaking up as well.
4: great Explanation, I think that that oh. makes sense. conscience, which is breaking in, and it's passing on as you know, I'm going to lose my loved ones, but actually, he's actually maybe fearing for his own possible loss and not winning. And because there's also he talks about command, you know, he has a lot of anger. he was, I am the greatest warrior. So maybe all that is, a, is like a cocktail of all types of emotions, guilt, fear. Maybe that's so. Uh, I think that's good explanation.
2: And, and Alpana, your, your comment reminded me of the Julia Roberts movie, Runaway Bride. And I'm going to go watch it once again now.
10: <laughs> so um, if I may add, I, I, I absolutely uh, agree with, with that. Because if the intention was uh, to, uh, with respect to, you know, I, I need to get, um, this is for the better of the society and get people the rightful um, leadership that they need and so on and for the overall welfare of the people they, he wouldn't have que- uh, questioned himself again because that would have been very clear but in this the fact that he says um you know what uses all this wealth and other things when and the luxuries when my own uh, my own uh, uh, kin uh, is, is not alive right so the, uh, so he he is obvious oh, it seems to me that he is very confident of victory. Uh, the fact that he says, um, uh, in what good is it there in, in killing one's own kinsman for the luxuries, right? So it seems like he is pretty confident of victory, but in spite of that, he has this um, double take that's happening in his mind, right? So obviously, uh, that's one part. The second part is to Rajesh's point, I think the key thing is this um, difference between the objective mind and the subjective mind here. Um, okay. Well, The mind and the intellect uh, in, in put in another way. So there are voices in our head. And if we listen very carefully, the, the emotional voice in such situations often takes over and it drowns out the voice of the intellect. How can we listen, how can we hear the intellect, and how can we listen to that would, would probably be the rest of the Gita in the, in many ways, right, in spite of um, whatever situation we are in.
9: So um, I'm wondering if uh, what Swami Chinminder Nandaji uh, refers to as uh, the Arjuna disease is that like not thinking through it beforehand and then getting into this second guessing of uh, your action. Instead of just the, the, not just, you know, the the fact that he is all bent out of shape about what he is going to be doing, but the fact that he didn't think about it before and now at the, you know, uh, right in, in the moment he is second guessing. Is that what he means by?
2: No, by Manu, actually, Actually, you know, I think I read it somewhere. He actually had 14 years to think about it. And, uh, you know, he took a decision, Arjuna took a decision that he is going to fight the war. But then, you know, 14 years of thinking can't be just become null and void just by looking at a, a bunch of people standing in front of him whom he thinks that, you know, he's going to kill now or he's going to get killed or whatever, right? That uh, it doesn't sound logical to me.
9: Right. Yeah. But is, is it that, you know, in the 14 years of thinking, he'd never really thought about the things that you should have thought about, right? So whatever, uh, like Alpna said about the intention, uh, whatever intentions that he, you know, put together and whatever logic he used to justify his decision uh, were not the right reasons and not the right. And, and so uh, the, his conscience is pricking his, his, second guessing himself right at the time of, you know, taking action. And I'm wondering if that is what Swami Chinmana, ji uh, refers to as the Arjuna disease, because I, I don't think that it's a negative that he is questioning his, uh, you know, decision at this point in time. But I, I feel like maybe, uh, you know, We're getting a different view from Swami Chinmayanandaji, but he is referring to the overall, like, you know, getting to that decision and then second guessing yourself.
2: Right. I see Muku, you raised your hand. Yeah, so uh,
3: at least I'm going to, uh, my perspective when I read this and also I've read a few other uh, interpretations of, of Gita. I mean, this context of the doubt, I mean, like Rajesh, and many of you said, I think Arjuna was very clear, you know, uh, about the context of the war. You know, he's been called into it a Kshatriya, so he has to fight it. And he's already chosen Krishna. So there's a good, there's a really good chance he's going to win it. Right. He knew that going into that point. But I think the, the way I see it is really um the Arjuna is, is also a seeker, right, because he's re- working with Krishna as, as his guru on his enlightenment. That's also a broader context of the of this whole play here. So the way uh, in, in a journey of enlightenment, right, the identities get dissolved, right? Like, who am I is a the question, then you say, I'm the body, I'm the mind, then you start dissolving those identities, And one of the the, the biggest identity that gets challenged in the war front is he seeing that his own identity, right? His clan is there, his cousin in front. So his clans are going to die, which is a societal identity, right? So a lot of us in a a journey of enlightenment, we get stuck in different identities. Some of us get stuck in parental relationships, spouse, societal, and the whole, you know, I am the body, which is a subtlest identity. So Arjuna is caught at that identity, societal identity. And he's justifying that as a compassion or a a pity the way it is. That's why Swami Chinmayananda, because Swami Chinmayananda is an enlightenment guru, right? He's teaching his people to get enlightened. He's calling it a disease and which a lot of us have, right? Anybody who's stuck in Maya with any of these identities, till you are enlightened, you are deceased. That's a broader framework. Uh, That's how I understand. So it's really Arjuna's struggle with going transforming or transcending that identity societal identity, that his clan, he's part of a clan, that he's part of a clan, the Kuru clan, the Pandava clan, and I am going to, this clan is going to die, uh, not understanding uh, the true identity of him, is the consciousness, or he's Krishna himself. Uh, I think that's a transformation, he get stuck, and that's why I believe he calls it a disease, uh, which is truly it is. That's just That's how I, my interpretation is.
2: And that's beautifully said. I see multiple people raise it. One question before uh, before we go forward. So I see some of you raise hand using that uh, some tool, you know, in, on the Zoom. How do we do that? Actually, I I've, I've tried to figure that thing out, and you know, I'm not able to see everybody here. How do you Is do it, that? Do you
6: I go the reactions.
2: Uh, click on the three dots. If, if you I don't know the three dots oh. more.
4: Okay. And then it has a raise hand and all the emotions feature, the smiley,
2: heart, thumbs up, raise hands, clap. Uh, okay. Okay. So looks like I don't have that option. Somewhere.
6: What are you on, Rajesh? Uh,
2: you go. I got it. I got it. I have it. I have it. Yeah. I found it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Reactions is, a, re- reactions is what I need to go. Okay. You can't do um, any different. So. Thank you for teaching me something today. So I don't know who all raised hands. I can see Ranjini now. <laughs> there you go, Ranjini.
6: Yeah, so I, I think just going back to what Alpana said, I read a section in this which, uh, you know, um, it, it says that Arjuna said, I desire neither victory nor empire, not even pleasure. And then Swami Chinmayananda goes on to say after that, that, you know, when somebody's in a state of hysteria, they're actually trying to convey exactly the reason for why they're going into the war. So basically, he's going in for the wrong reasons. He's desiring both the victory, the empire and even pleasure which is the exact wrong reason. And that's why he's in this state of hysteria and mental confusion on, you know, do I is this right? And he's trying to justify himself. So I think that was really powerful for me, that statement, um, which I had also thought he's going and you know, he just saw these people and he said, okay, you know, these are my family. I don't want to fight. But the very reason he went into the war, why he's confused is the wrong reason. So just yeah. yeah.
1: that.
2: Sort of, sort of like—I mean, not exactly the same thing because you know, people. I know you—you guys will bash me up if I say this. Sort of like Stockholm syndrome. What is Stockholm syndrome? Oh,
6: I'll
2: take it offline. Take it (laughs) offline.
10: No, but uh, we should also think of it as um, you know, if we were to relate this in our own lives and uh, situations we have been, this is like an extreme. Um, you know, an extreme reaction, right? I mean, an extreme um, situation, if you will, right? I mean, we've all kind of gone through this confusion whether, hey, is this right or the other thing is right? And we've kind of been at that fork in the path and then not knowing which way to go. And we're drowned out uh, by all this information that's coming in. Most of it is emotional, but we are not able to parse that and then see this one thread of thought uh, that's actually coming from the intellect. Uh, we are often not able to hear that right but in this case that that it, it is like a deluge of emotions right it's it's an extreme situation uh and some of us am I'm, I'm sure we may have been there i know i've been um at that time it's it, it just drowns it out right there is no way everything is just broken and it, it's like a dam that's broken so there is absolutely no way you can think straight right so uh, we should also look at it from that extreme position here, right? The the type of situation he is in.
5: Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it all sort of, uh, I mean, just I'm trying to kind of uh, summarize this in my own mind, uh, but as Kishore and Ranjini said, uh, I think it all comes down to mind and intellect and who's winning. And uh, I think Ranjini, you made a very interesting point, which is, we want both the mind and the intellect to work in our favor. You know, we want the best of both in a way. And I kind of look at the example of, uh, you know, wanting to wake up in the morning and go for a run and be fit. So at the at night, you kind of make a resolve. and That's your intellect talking. And in the morning, you want to also be comfortable in your bed, which is your mind talking. And so we want to be comfortable and we want to be fit as well. Uh, but the fact remains that you have to, Make, you know the intellect has to kind of come up trumps at the end of it uh, so it's 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 a nice kind of uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a problem that we all sort of deal with in a variety of situations but at the end of the day in summary it kind of comes down to intellect versus mind
2: and, and uh, ajay you are you are waking up at 4am drove home the point very well today because it has change of time for us here in the in the us <laughs> <laughs> shanta you raised your hand
11: so even if he decides not to uh, continue, what was the alternative, right? That his own brothers will say, come on, man, you, you can't just give it up now. And he has to go back to his wife too, right? Uh, so many mixed emotions. It, it, these things happen in our life. Even in movies, you see this, right? So it's not any different, but he's it, it almost feels like he's looking for Krishna to justify like why he is also doing, he wants someone to tell him that what his actions are, uh, he's doing it for the right cause or something. And there's no one better than Krishna. When Krishna itself tells like, he, then he will feel like, okay, I, I am doing the right thing kind of. So
2: you're <laughs> saying, you're saying he was looking for Krishna for validation of his ideas?
11: Yes, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> and, and even if it is right, uh, there are two things when he wins the war, what, what is left for him to rule? Uh, his kins and kith and kin is gone. And people might also say that, hey, you, some, some folks might say that, hey, you killed your own cousins. And knowing him, like he might also think that it is, uh, it's pop, right? It is a sin uh, to, to kill people. But him being the Kshatriya, so many mixed emotions he must be going through. And as you said, 14 years. He must have thought through these, these would have come to his mind already, but still uh, it's almost like now I'm publicly asking Krishna to just or validate my yeah. actions.
2: Yeah. Was, uh, like that. Uh, I see Shamala, you raised your hand. Manu, you'll have to use the digital raising hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's easier to manage it, otherwise <laughs> difficult. So it's also helping me
7: take a slightly different perspective, right, uh, as a recipient of experiences, all the analysis that we have done that somebody could be making emotional decisions, um, intellect is, uh, is being blocked by the, the, the emotional mind um, and the confusion they can go through and maybe the wrong decisions that they can take. When you're on the recipient end, I think maybe it helps us understand their plight as to why they made such decisions and not take it too personally. When you are on the recipient side, also, there is a lot to understand what thinking would have gone in um, before they made a decision. That's another way to look at it. Almost one is to look at it from Arjuna's side. If this is the kind of an understanding, how should we should not be taking things personally when you're on the receiving end.
2: Yeah, agree. So so just kind of pivoting from Arjuna, right you know any reflections on whether we have gone through Arjuna syndrome in our lives that where we have chickened out you know we don't have to of course you know we don't have to discuss the situations but definitely do we experience that that's the key question right? yeah I think we definitely experience that. Um...
9: You know, and in terms of uh, if you decide, oh, I want to, you know, take up this job, but it, that job might have um, some impact on your family or, you know, and how do you, you may want to do that because, you know, that's an intellectually more uh, interesting, you know, situation. But then, so I think we all have these struggles. What is the right thing to do? Yep. But I, I just had a question too. Um, so how do we make sense of Arjun asking Krishna to take the uh, take his chariot to that you know uh, point between the two armies? because uh, like what would have been going on in his mind to ask him to do that? Is it that he was already in this state of mind when he asked or? did he get to the state of mind after what? so what if he got to the state of mind afterwards then what you know prompted him to ask for to to go there
1: so from the commentaries that i have read uh, it almost says that he was actually overconfident when he asked krishna to bring the chariot in the middle because he wanted to just see and you know all who all have come to fight me almost like mm-hmm. it was almost that connotation is used in most of the commentaries that i have read mm-hmm. um, it's only when krishna takes him there then he begins to melt he, the, the meltdown begins is what i have.
2: yeah actually you know when duryodhana is talking to drona if you, if, if you remember the you know the, the description of the war field, then uh, bhishma uh, sounds the conch first And then the the Pandava side start start sounding the cons, and then even Arjuna also you know um, uh, sounds his cons. That means he's saying I'm ready now. Okay, let's go, let's get it done, right? But then it happens afterwards, not before.
3: Yeah, Yeah, my my understanding of that uh, the way I read it is uh, basically that's where again Arjuna and Krishna's relationship as a guru. I mean, Arjuna knows Krishna is not a human. I mean, he's way beyond whatever it is, right? So he's in any journey, right? I think Alpana's point, we all have blind spots. So Arjuna's blind spot was that, you know, he will win it and he's arrogant about it. So basically he was asking his guru, show me my blind spot. So I need to work on, I need to fix my blind spot to get the true victory here, right? Sometimes the blind spot can lead to a defeat. So he was asking, it's more of a guru saying, just take me there and show me my blind spot. Uh, so that I need to fix it before I start the war. That's how, one interpretation resonated with
2: me. Very interesting, very interesting. Kishore, you raised your hand. No,
10: uh, just wanted to add uh, the again stressing that this is an extreme situation. Um, the fact that he is his, um, um, you know, he's not able to even hold the Gandiva, right? He he just collapses, right? He's not able to stand. He, his body is trembling. Um, you know, I just wanted to point out the physical reaction that happens. It started in the mind. This this um, uh, conflict started in the mind initially as a small thing, but then it, boom, it, it started snowballing into something bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually he started seeing symptoms in his body where he's shaking. He's not able to hold the bow that bow, the bow that he had in his hand and he's literally not able to stand. Right. So, um, how it goes from the mind and all the way then to the body right which is again if you look at it in today's context it is stress and anxiety as an example of how it starts in the mind it most likely starts with a fear which is fear of the unknown because fear of what may happen in the future or um uh, or a guilt over what has already happened and the decision we have already or the action we have already taken And then as it snowballs in the mind, as we engage with those thoughts, it snowballs. And then that in turn eventually reaches the body. And when it reaches the body, we start to see symptoms like um, the the throat being parched, not breathing properly. We are now shallow breathing, right? We are not breathing properly. Eventually hand and leg starts to shake. and that's when we are aware of it. But what happened in the mind, if you're able to catch it early on and don't engage with it, that's where the, uh, you, know, you can avoid this uh, in one, another way of looking at it. Obviously, uh, if, you're, if your intention is right, you wouldn't have those uh, snowballing effect that happened in the mind. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, just wanted to point out the physical symptoms that eventually happen.
2: No, well said, well said, Rajiv.
4: Okay, see, I think what you asked about is that, you know, do we have this kind of symptoms, you know, when, you know, in our lives. So, I think, uh, I, I think all of us must be going through this, you know, I'll just give you a very, you know, simple example, you know, your kid is always longing to go overseas, you know, let's say from India to US for higher studies. And when you get the admissions, suppose you've got in a good college in India and a good college overseas. So, you've been longing for it, you wanted to do it. But when the day comes to take the flight or two days before, then you have something in the stomach. As a father, you feel you You know, the kid must be thinking, look, you know, India is a growing country. It's You all that, I think, happens all the time. You know, one of my friends calls it commitment phobia. You know, <laughs> when you're about to commit to something, then something, am I doing the right thing? So I think that happens all the time. So that's one and other perspective. You know, I'm just thinking as I'm speaking that, see, this is a dharm youth. It's not that Arjun suddenly kingdom chata tha. If it was not a dharm youth, then Krishna would have never supported Arjun in the first place. So it's not about Arjun just trying to win over a piece of kingdom. It's about, you know, the victory of, you know, good over the evil, right? Dharm ki jeet, a pe hai. So, but I think the way I have just trying to reconcile it in my head, that even if you are working for a very big purpose, which is, you know, these Pandavas, you know, supported by Krishna, the purpose was to make, you know, the good prevail over the evil, dharma ki jeet karana ki. But when you start thinking about yourself, what will happen to me? What will happen You know, I am the sure winner. If I So when that purpose which you started out was a bigger thing and then you started thinking about I, me, mine, you know, that's when your feet start shaking, you know, and that's when and I think therefore the only way and I'm, you know, I'm just seeing from Swami Chinmayananda's what is the Krishna medicine to surrender and to go beyond what is in it for me to what is in it in the larger sense of things. So when you depersonalize and detach yourself from it you know through dedication you know bhakti or whatever support of the spiritual forces and you know thinking about the bigger purpose then this shaking feet and you know not able to pick up the gandhi maybe get back strength in your arms and this is just my way to reconcile it
2: you know extremely well said well said i think that's what happens even um, in our working life also suddenly you know we bring in the okay, am I going to get the deal? Is it? Am I going to get my incentive or not? If I'm not going to get it, I'm not interested in the deal, it happened. I see Chitra and uh, Vidya raised hand. Vidya, you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask a question, but I think uh, with, uh, I don't know who spoke, I forget his name. Um, that answered my question. Like uh, when, when Alpna said uh, the cause or, or the intention was not correct, and I was gonna ask like, for 14 years, what was his intention? And I think he answered that his intention was bigger, but then he came back when he started fighting, his intentions changed to me, myself, and my kittenkins and kin's and my thing, instead of the broader, you know, bigger picture, uh, which probably he had thought before that was his goal. And as soon as he he his goal totally changed even to fight that, bigger cause, uh, I think that answered my question. And that was, that's was what I was going to ask, like, can somebody explain it better? So yeah.
2: I'm all so, set. So, Vidya, you know, what you said is, is a very, very important, important aspect. And that's why I want to, you know, button here before, uh, you know, we request uh, Chitra to share, right? I think that's what happens, you know, we go with yeah. one purpose, and which we think is the right thing to do. But then, like what Kishore and others mentioned here, right? The emotions start, overpowering that, right mm-hmm. The then what happens is like the the original purpose is lost and then these emotions start coming in then we start delusional saying that oh this doesn't seem to be the right thing what I'm going for okay. and then we'll justify a lot of reasons and because the mind is so powerful it'll always find a reason for justifying what we think is to be done.
1: Yeah it overpowers what <laughs> the goal was and
2: yeah and so then we go into
1: thing? the cycle vicious circle of Correct. You know, me, I, and I, and again, I, and
2: correct, correct. And 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 here is where I want to introduce this term, right? And I think you know, it's going to come back again. That's when he's talking about his likes and dislikes. There, okay. I want to do this because you know, uh, I want to chicken away from the war because you know, a lot of death is going to happen. Right? I I don't like I don't like killing other people. Likes and dislikes coming in here again. Yeah. Chitra. <laughs> okay. Um.
6: I'm kind of stuck uh, in the same narrative of uh, does it happen in our lives? Um, and um, you know, uh, I think I can't I can't remember who said this just before Vidya. Oh, I think Kishore, right? Uh, uh, you know, we all start. I, I don't think any of us start a certain action thinking we are going to harm anyone, right? We always start. Um, you know, any job. You know, whether Manu said if I take up a a uh, different job or, you know, whether I uh, uh, praise someone or whether I find a fault with someone, anything. I think the initial, um, or at least in your mind, first when you start an action is you always think I'm doing it because uh, because this is, uh, you know, I have this, uh, I am being very um, nice about it. My definition of nice. Uh, but I, I think uh, that's... Um, um, Shri Krishna's way of showing, uh, like someone said, blind spots. Uh, how do you see your blind spots, right? You can see your blind spots only when, as I'm looking at it from my point of view, right? I'm a teacher. I, I, I think I'm doing a great job with children, you know? I'm giving them the best education possible. Uh, obviously, um, that's, that's why I'm doing it. But there will be a parent who will be unhappy with that. Uh, why? Because that particular child is not getting what the child needs and I'm not seeing that. Because I have gone into this space of I am doing it, right? And then that is when you have to uh, hit certain spots where you start seeing that uh, this is all about me. It's become about me. From the action of being about others, I have slowly transitioned into about me without my knowledge. And I think that's what's happened to Arjuna here also. Initially, you know, it was all about dharma and, you know, doing the right thing and then slowly it becomes, i am doing the right thing and i think that's that's what krishna wanted to show hey hold on <laughs> you know it's not you but me doing through you and how do i how do i do that is what um i think we all face in our lives when we start in action and then without our knowledge we kind of slip into uh, this thing of i am doing
2: it you just you just said that you know the relevance of this particular book even in the current day is very very high. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I think I think we're kind of you know, getting a sense, right? And I think uh, in terms of how um, uh, the 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 mind starts playing games on on us, and that's the and and maybe you know we we probably don't have a clear framework as to figuring out okay that if this is this way the situation. You know, how do I take a call on what is the right thing to do? You know, Yeah, should I just keep on doing the analysis and be paralyzed by it? Or should I figure out a way of doing it? Muku, you raised your hand. Yeah, so I think
3: the way I kind of read this uh, this whole thing is there are two parallel narratives going on. One is the kind of the, the war, the society, the land. I think the second narrative is basically the interaction between Krishna and Arjuna as a guru sishya relationship, as a journey of enlightenment. Um, So what in the way I kind of apply this uh, this teaching in my life is whenever there is a conflict like what Arjuna is facing and what all of us face in life on a daily basis uh, is really to iron out the context of the action to the identity that we have, right? What I mean by that is, let's say my identity is I'm a CEO of a company or I'm XYZ or I'm a teacher or whatever, right? The context of the action, if it doesn't align to the identity, generally there will be a conflict. uh, that's that's generally the blind spot. That's how I see as a practical application is um, who, when there's a conflict, what is the identity I'm associating at that point, point? and is that my true identity? So if you reflect on that, sometimes the conflict will just melt because uh, uh, it, you you just drop into a higher zone. I'll I'll give a uh, kind of a practical example how it happens. So there's a conflict with my spouse, and then there's something you know how you trigger back an argument back and forth. Then you sit and reflect. I mean. When, when your spouse is saying something about you're criticizing you, what is the identity you're carrying? You're, you're carrying the identity that I'm spouse of this person, right? But is that your ultimate identity? If that's not the ultimate identity, if I am the consciousness, right? Then how should, I should not get impacted by whatever my spouse says. So as an example, so I think that gives that space, this this kind of the what what we go through, Arjuna goes through here gives us a practical way to step back and see what is the identity I'm carrying now. And how is that getting criticized uh, then then you start opening up the the conflict dissolves this is one way i've seen it happen just a, just a
2: sharing an experience beautifully said if you bring in you know the uh, husband wife discussions into any of these conversations it <laughs> will be... <laughs> <laughs> everyone will understand no questions will be asked <laughs>
6: That relation is the biggest teacher.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, I agree with you.
10: It's it's important to note that this is actually this chapter is all the, the it's the problem statement, right? The the solution follows later, but this is the problem statement. We are <laughs> we are in um, yeah. So.
1: So
9: I, I was just thinking, you know, in our daily lives, uh, one place where we often find this. Uh, especially the very physical manifestation of all the, you know, mental condition is when we go to do like a public speaking, you know, thing, anytime you're up in front of a bunch of people, you have a very physical response, you know, your hands are sweating you know, butterflies in your stomach and all this stuff. And then you have to like channel your, I don't know, inner Krishna or whatever you your, your uh, you have to get that mental strength, like, no, I I have to do this. I, I, you know, I got myself here. I have to do this. So I, I was just thinking about that as uh, one example where we see a very physical response to that, uh,
1: you know. Absolutely, Manu. When Rajesh asked the question, I was about to say, you don't have to go that far. We all did our <laughs> presentations in the last couple of <laughs> months, and how many
8: of us wanted to chicken out? <laughs>
10: So there's a good example in, in one of the books that I uh, actually uh, uh, saw so, uh, Parthasarthi's uh, book, right? Uh, that Krishna had recommended and I'm reading. Um, so he says, so let's take a, like a, a, a long plank of wood, right? And you're asked to walk on it and it's on the ground and uh, you're asked to walk on it and you easily walk on it, right? Now the same plank of wood, let's say I put it in third floor connecting two buildings and then say that, hey, now you walk on it now. Right, it's the same plank of wood. Obviously, you know we are all going to. The only difference there is uh, is the mind uh, adding a lot of self doubt and and it's trying to protect you in a way. Right, so those thoughts are coming in because of the fight or flight response, and that's natural for the mind to bring up these thoughts because it's trying to protect you, um, but it may or may not be the right thing. And that's where the intellect, which is uh, more coming from a more deeper place, is the one that's uh, that we need to listen to. But how do you listen to that small thread when y- you are in the in the middle of this deluge, right? So, uh, you know, it, it was a good uh, good example, and you, you see that all the time. Uh, you know, I, I follow uh, sports quite a bit. So le- let's take uh, you know tennis for instance. Um, even the number one player. You know, makes a double fault at the right at, at the wrong time, and here is a player who has been doing this again and again and again. I don't know, million times, but would uh, double fault when at, at the most inopportune time. It's the mind. It's a mental uh, aspect of it at that point. So, so yeah, we, we are all we've all seen this. Chetan Sharma giving full toss
1: in the last
10: (laughs) one. None of us have forgotten that,
1: yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And does that all sort of then sort of come down to how do you train the mind and all the videos that we've all seen and meditation and that I guess is where it all sort of leads to is it? Yeah, yeah, in terms of the solution and that's where
10: I think slowly, you know, in terms, I, I, obviously there's the right action, the right intention. We spoke about intention quite a bit today. Uh, I, if you now correlate to last year, and that's uh, a huge part of Karma Yoga. Yeah. yeah. Krishna
2: has a
10: question. I think. Yeah. So one
8: One thing I uh, reflected on reading the shlokas, Arjuna does not have the ability problem. Like in our day-to-day thing, a lot of the times the doubt is even more fundamental level. Will I be even able to do this? Am I capable of doing this? Or uh, am I the right person to do this? And so on. Uh, But here, uh, Bhagavad Gita, all the steps is like clearly answered. There is absolutely no doubt that Arjuna can do this. He never says, I am afraid. He's only afraid of the consequences or results or how people might perceive him and so on. He only goes at what might happen, not, not in the concept of am I even going to lose this war or anything. He doesn't have that doubt. But relating that to in our normal life, most of the time we are faced with like mostly a coin toss. Am I going to win whatever this particular task or argument or project I'm doing or solve this problem? Uh, and so on. So that that was very, uh, the, the Gita problem starts, like, it kind of emphasizes, the, seem to emphasize the point that even after you answer all this and you get to that final point, there would still be that doubt or uh, thing. Like everything is loaded. You just need to pull the trigger. But even at that point, the doubts could come. So uh, the speak. other uh, small reflection was that from like recent neuroscience experiments, they do that your mind already is made up. And then you first take a decision and then your mind makes up the reasons why you took the decision. We all kind of tend to think that we are very rationally behaving. Oh, I'm picking this green cup over this red cup. Uh, but in a very fraction of a second, your mind already does. And they found it with like very nice ways of uh, measuring the nerve signal. So your hand already starts moving because that lags much slower than how your motor nerves can move. So your hand already starts moving towards the green cup, like within that 5 to 10 milliseconds or something, but it's only at the 50th or 100th millisecond, you have actually told everybody that I like this green cup. And then when asked to explain, people give a lot of things, oh, this is like the one nearest to me, or this is the best cup for the price I will pay, and all these justifications we give later, but your mind has made up. And here too, uh, it was very nice to see um, the, the way it was written. Like He has already quickly made up his mind for oh, something is very wrong with this uh, result. Or he's even imagining all the victory and everything and saying that it's wrong and there's probably a lot of killing going to happen and so on. And then he slowly starts giving uh, the, the order of sequence of first all the physical reactions. And then he gives example of oh, my... Uh, Skin is burning, and he notices all these things, and uh, gives gives very eloquent reasons why he why he should not be uh, fighting. That also I found very very interesting. You
2: know, beautifully said, beautifully said. You know, I think two things. One is looks like we have bigger problem than what Arjuna has. We have even doubts about questioning our own abilities that <laughs> that Arjuna did not have. And the second thing is, I think now I know why love at first sight works. Neuroscience. Is, I, I already answered this now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rajiv, there you go. You, it's, it's your turn now. And hey,
4: So, you know, see, I feel that, of course, I think we've discussed really very good perspective, mental, you know, neurotic, fear, you know, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying that, you know, when Chinman Ji says, I really like this thing, you know, that at least be true to what emotion you're feeling. And I think that's the most difficult thing to do in anyone's spiritual journey. Because if, you know, what I mentioned once, you know, and Osho talks about it, you know, see yourself in all your ugliness and, you know, Jendu Krishnamurti talks a lot about it. So what I'm saying is that although it is only, you know, Chinmayananda Ji who is saying this, that boss, get real with your emotion. Uh, If you see Arjun's dialogues, they are not like that. If suppose, you know, uh, I'm sorry, if Krishna really felt like Swami Chinmayananda, you know, he would have told Arjun as a friend, boss, get real, yeah. <laughs> you know, but Krishna doesn't say that, you know, he just gives him, you know, you know, it doesn't reply and doesn't give him the right facial expressions. That's what we talked about. So what I'm saying is that since in Gita or in Krishna's conduct or dialogue with Arjun, he's not pulling him up to get real. As a friend, he could to do that, right? We can tell our friends, no, don't try to be so charitable. I know what's your real intention. You know, so Krishna is being nice enough not to say that, but you know, I'm saying let's not miss out Chinma Ji's point that many times uh, we are not able to tell ourselves what is the real intention. Sometimes it's not easy to even accept it. You know, that, oh, we are so mean, so petty. But uh, I think that's the one part of the spiritual journey that, you know, to be able to say, yeah, she's very self-interest. Yeah, it was my self-interest, but yes, I was trying to be nice to the world and change the world, etc. Basically, <laughs> my apni That's just I wanted to add this
2: perspective. <laughs> beautiful. Well said. Well said. You know, actually, um, um, you know, with that we're kind of coming pretty close to the time today. So what what I was thinking was, you know, Rajiv, you you did a nice uh, segue into the next part of it, right? You know, uh, we, I looked at the bunch of slokas. The next one. You know, you'd be surprised if I'm going to tell you, just as we breeze through 1 and 29 and 30, and in between you all, you know, we were able to read it together. We can finish the rest of the chapter for, for, for the next week, actually, because the Arjuna's syndrome, I think we've discussed it enough. I think we probably will have to move on. Otherwise, we probably will get caught on to this Arjuna syndrome and keep thinking about what this problem is all about, right? I think we understand that. Let's probably, if for the next week, we'll what we'll do is we'll probably take the entire chapter, the remaining shlokas, and then go through, uh, you know, breeze through it and you will probably have a much more um, feel for uh, what uh, what exactly the Arjuna's mind goes through and and th- that'll be very easy for us to go through it. I hope that should be okay for uh, next week for you. Um, so, but before we do that next week, you know, Alpana, you know, do you want to uh, talk about Sridhar's uh, yeah. uh, talk? So a
1: friend of mine, uh, Sridhar, uh, some of you uh, got his uh, pratha smaran stotra chanting um, so he he att- he has actually uh, he attended only mine but he did go through all of the presentations that were made so he wants to come and present as well uh, he's been well, a teacher with me, and he wants to present uh, on chapter uh, 2 10 phrases that he really liked and I think it'll be a good segue to go into chapter two with that. Um, so if everyone's okay, can he come and present? I think that's what he wanted to know in the next class.
3: Absolutely, Upna. His, his uh, chanting is superb. I mean, you know, I listen to his chanting, so it'll be nice to hear him firsthand as well.
1: I know, he really liked mm, everybody's presentation, so he he said, "Can I also present?" I said,
3: <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> "Sounds good." Clearly, he doesn't have a fear of public speaking.
1: <laughs> oh no, 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 <laughs> he doesn't.
3: <laughs> so, so would that
5: would that be the week after next?
1: Next uh, week.
2: Next week. Okay. Next week. So, I think you know uh, uh, the reason is you know maybe you know I don't think we need to uh, spend a lot more time on Arjuna syndrome than than the next week, part of the next week, right? After that, I think we can get into the next quote-unquote, the chapter two, the summary of the Gita. I think that will be much more... uh, uh, We will have to slow down there, for sure. No doubt. Okay? No doubt about it. Okay. This one we can breeze through. So I think the next week uh, format is, uh, you know, 15 minutes chanting and then 45 minutes uh, uh, by Sridhar and then 30 minutes to summarize what we... What what we what are our final thoughts on Arjuna's syndrome and in turn, our own syndromes?
1: Yeah. And okay. I just had one more point. Um, when Krishna was explaining, uh, uh, Krishna too, was explaining his thing about the capability. Actually, last class, we had this doubt, right? That was anything going through the opposition's mind. I think all of them—they must be thinking about their capabilities. So they didn't rise above that to even ask that question about Gita. It just struck me that could you know this—the capability issue could be a problem on the opposition side. Fantastic. <laughs> Overconfidence in yourself. That
2: was really. Yeah. really yeah. yeah. I mean, two things that that drove home my point is today. Uh, my my uh, that drove it into my head is. Conflict. When we have a conflict, there's a role that we are playing and the decision that we are taking in the context. There seems to be some kind of a dichotomy there. That's not aligned. That's that was a very beautiful insight that I had today. And second one was doubts related to your abilities and results. What what you're going to get? That is a beautiful one. And of course, neuroscience. Everybody knows that now. <laughs> what it says about blue cup and red cup. Okay, I'm, I'm going back to Matrix, uh, Krishna too. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. all right I think uh, I'm so so proud that you know we were able to do it with this three minutes remaining <laughs> and we can say uh, uh, no, we can say a shanti mantra uh, thrice today and uh, then uh, conclude for today's session but I feel that maybe not, not the next session the next to next session onwards I think we should probably pick another shanti mantra and we should start learning it together I hope like what we did last year are, are you are, are you folks okay with it Absolutely. Great, great idea. Okay. And we'll have to we'll have to assign that to Alpana because Alpana you'll have to figure out which one it is now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: I will thank you.
2: We will volunteer you gladly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll say uh, we'll chant Shanti Prize.
5: Oh, oh.
3: Shanti Thank you. Enjoy your Thanks everyone.
2: Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.